Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. As many of you are probably aware, Bud Light recently hired Dylan Mulvaney to be a brand ambassador. And this caused a major backfiring, a major backlash, which continues. At first, it was Kid Rock shooting a fully automatic rifle at a bunch of Bud Light saying, F you. Then a bunch of videos of people dumping out their Bud Light now. Country star Travis Tritt drops all Anheuser-Busch beers from his tour as backlash continues after Bud Light signed up trans activist Dylan Mulvaney. Oh boy, there's a lot to be said. If you find yourself wanting to boycott Bud Light, I got news for you. Anheuser-Busch, the parent company, owns a whole lot of beers and other drinks. And I'm going to show you that list. And it's large. So if you really want to boycott the company, you're going to have to like print this thing out or save it on your phone and then reference it whenever you go to bars because they own a lot of brands. But Travis Tritt is stepping things up. He's not just coming after Anheuser-Busch. He is now calling out Jack Daniels for sponsoring RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh boy. Seems like the backlash is upon us. Now I can tell you exactly what's going on. You see, the Dylan Mulvaney phenomenon, he is not a trans activist. I do not believe Dylan Mulvaney is transgender. And and as as such, I will not give Dylan Mulvaney the respect that I would give to, say, any other person who I genuinely believe is, is dysphoric. I believe Dylan Mulvaney is intentionally mocking and insulting trans people and women. And this is, it's a similar phenomena to Elsagate. And I'll show you and help you understand exactly what it is that Dylan Mulvaney is doing. To simplify, before we get into all the news, if you look at Dylan Mulvaney's TikTok, you can see this is an individual who just wanted fame, was trying to find a content format that would result in fame, and settled upon transgenderism, which worked. Dylan then slowly over time did a bunch of deeply offensive and insulting things to trans people to get famous. The corporate press and big corporations said, this is what people want. TikTok algorithm propped him up. And now you have a caricature of trans people receiving money. You see, look, I'll tell you first and foremost, 
I am going to boycott Anheuser-Busch, hands down. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't drink alcohol. Because you know, I, I don't drink. That, that's it. Like, I already was boycotting them. So. But uh, if I were to actually say outright, we're going to boycott Anheuser-Busch. So I'll put it this way. We, uh, we typically go for local breweries when we stock our fridge for our guests when we have beer. We actually just don't stock beer anymore because I think it's bad and I don't drink it. Um, but if we ever go out, I'm going to avoid Anheuser-Busch products. And it's for one reason. It's not just about them sponsoring Dylan Mulvaney and having a trans activist. It's about, it's about Dylan Mulvaney is not, not a trans activist. Dylan Mulvaney, in my view, is intentionally trying to insult and profit off of trans people and the current trends. And I firmly believe that if the social media algorithms today said we are threatening our brand, our sponsorships because of this stuff and downranked it, meaning less people would see the content, you would see Dylan Mulvaney stop doing this. And I'm willing to bet in a few months, Dylan would be like, oh, no, look, now I'm a detransitioner. I'm going to bring the receipts. I'm going to show you exactly. I'm going to break this down for you and help you understand how the internet is destroying people's brains. And then you'll understand a bit of what wokeness is because I've got the receipts here. But first, I want to show you this story. And we'll start with Travis Tritt's tweet. He said, I will be deleting all Anheuser-Busch products from my tour hospitality rider. I know many other artists who are doing the same. And please, I beg of all of you, if you are in any way Working in hospitality, bars, liquor stores, do the same. Get rid of Anheuser-Busch products. Stop ordering from them. It's not about Dylan Mulvaney. It's about telling these companies to back the F off. And if you stop buying, only a few people do, then Anheuser-Busch will be like, well, let's try and weather this storm. But if enough people cancel their orders from their stores, their bars cancel the orders, venues cancel rock stars and country stars say no more, they will apologize. And that's what needs to happen. An apology from a corporation over this would be a major cultural shift because it means the company recognizes the damage they have received from this ad campaign is worse than the damage they will receive by apologizing for having done this. If they come out and apologize, the far left will lose it. So Anheuser-Busch needs to fear your loss, the loss of sales from you more than they fear the backlash from the far left, which means everyone needs to drop in every capacity Anheuser-Busch products. Just keep it in mind. Maybe it'll succeed. Maybe it won't. Travis Tritt says other artists who are deleting Anheuser-Busch products from their hospitality writer might not say so in public for fear of being ridiculed and canceled. I have no such fear. Well, they need to speak up and speak out. Tritt has a combined following of 703 followers compared to Mulvaney's 1.7 million on Instagram. Mulvaney's also got 10.8 on a million on TikTok, TikTok. Though, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think TikTok followers are, um, I don't think they're real. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know for sure. I think TikTok is fake. I know people who have no followers on other platforms who for some reason have a million plus on TikTok. And the comments are all just nonsense and generic, and no one knows who they are. This is the weird thing. Now, Dylan Mulvaney, of course, is getting more famous because this has led to the media, you know, then and, and brands propping the individual up. And then effectively, you get people like me or other conservatives who keep referencing this individual, which does raise profile. All that matters is the boycott 
exceed the press attention of the individual. We have this here uh, tweet from me. You'll have to boycott all of these if you're mad at Bud Light. So if you would like to boycott Bud Light, you got Budweiser, Bud Light, Kona, Michelob Ultra, Stella Artois, Estrella Jalisco, Bush Beer, Natural Light, Landshark Lager, Presidente, Ho Garden, and Shock Top. But wait, there's more. Ten Barrel Brewing, Appalachian Mountain Brewery, Blue Point. What is this one? Brecken, Breckenridge Brewery. We got Cisco Brewers. We got Devil's Backbone, Elysian Brewing, Four Peaks Brewing, Golden Road Brewing, Goose Island, Carbach, Omission, Platform, Red Hook, Square Mile Cider, Veza Sur, Nit- Nichu, Nichu Cider, Nurchu, sorry, Nurchu Cider, Wicked Weed, Windmer Brothers, Winwood, and there's more. Babe, Cutwater Spirits, Highball Energy, Neutral, Vodka Seltzer, and Rita's. There are a lot of brands that you will have to boycott. So uh, write them down, I guess, because you got a lot of work cut out for you. Here's what I think. And it's unfortunate, but I do think a lot of conservatives are going to throw out their Bud Light and then they're going to go buy Stella or something. That doesn't matter at all. Now, of course, Budweiser, uh, Anheuser-Busch doesn't want one of their brands to be hindered or hurt. But I got to tell you, they ain't sweating it at all. They're making, what, $50 billion a year. Now you stop buying all of these brands. If your liquor store stops carrying these brands, if your bar stops selling these brands, and that happens across the country, if Anheuser-Busch sees a single digit percentage drop in sales, they will lose it. So this means all of these are out. If you really do mean it. Now, of course, Travis Tritt also highlights Jack Daniels. He says all the Jack Daniels U.S. drinkers should take note. Jack Daniels teams up with RuPaul Drag Race alums in small town Big Pride campaign. I don't care about this at all. I am not interested in boycotting uh, Jack Daniels because they teamed up with RuPaul's Drag Race because I have no issue with drag. Drag for adults is totally fine. Now, insofar as RuPaul's Drag Race has overlapped with the weird child drag stuff, that's probably where I say, okay, that's where we're going to cross the line. Drag itself? No, if you're an adult, you want to do whatever you want. I don't care. You know, drag, burlesque, I, whatever. You're an adult. But it's when you get the kids and you start going to kids with this weird stuff. I just say, you know what? No. And this is what they've slowly been doing. So at this point, I'm kind of like, I've already boycotted all of Jack Daniels brands because I don't drink alcohol, especially not hard liquor. Like I can have, I might have a beer once in a while and like once in a blue moon. <laughs> I'm so funny, aren't I? Uh, I actually really do like blue moon, but I just typically don't drink because I mostly find it all to be relatively bad. Typically I'll go for a seltzer with some lemon juice. It's very healthy, but I, I don't drink and uh, just especially not booze. But uh, if you want to figure out what you can't drink, you got to figure out what they make. So Brown Foreman is the company, I believe, that makes uh, Jack Daniels. And uh, let's just make, yep, Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey is made by Brown Foreman. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late. 
you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. You ready for this one? Old Forester, Woodford Reserve, Jack Daniels, Collingwood, Benriak, Glenn Dronach, Glassenach, I can't pronounce this stuff. Slain Corbell. Sonoma, Sonoma Cutterer Wines. Finlandia, Maximus Vodka, Ford's Gin. Don Eduardo, El Yimador, Herradura, Pepe Lopez, Chambord, Raspberry Liqueur, and Little Black Dress. You writing all that down? You got a lot to boycott if you're serious about this. Now, the latest news is another backlash, this time Nike. Oh, boy. Nike angers feminists after choosing controversial trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney as new face of its women's sports bra days after Bud Light was slammed for putting her on a can. I'm going to say it again. Dylan Mulvaney is not a trans person. I have the receipts. I just I don't believe it. I, I absolutely do not. I've had people say, uh, you know, we had Blair White, who, who is trans on the show, say that Dylan is trans. And I'm like, listen, Madonna gets plastic surgery. Every celebrity gets plastic surgery. Getting plastic surgery or altering your body for fame is not evidence of gender dysphoria. In fact, I think Dylan Mulvaney's social media accounts prove otherwise. So now Nike is making Dylan Mulvaney the face of women or whatever. It says it remains unclear how much money Mulvaney was paid for the postings. But insiders dealing with social media sponsorship said Mulvaney could be making more than $50,000 per paid post. Neither Mulvaney nor Nike responded to Daily Mail requests for comment. Mulvaney's Nike sponsorship comes just days after she set up controversy with Bud Light. This we get. She's angered many feminists by charting her year of girlhood since transitioning from male to female. Earlier this year, Mulvaney underwent grueling facial feminization surgery, which sees facial bones sliced off and sanded down to give trans women a softer, more womanly appearance. Well, I do not believe that is evidence of being transgender. I believe that is evidence of being an, uh, an influencer, a celebrity, a personality. They all do it. And Dylan Mulvaney found that path through trans issues. I'd like to show you Dylan Mulvaney's TikTok account. I'm going to go all the way to the bottom. And we talked about this at, uh, uh, on the Timcast Uncensored show. But uh, we'll go all the way down to the bottom of Dylan Mulvaney's TikTok account. Now, become a member at TimCast.com to support our work because we don't uh, appreciate the algorithms and I'd rather just have you be a direct sponsor. Uh, but we talked about something after the show going through what make Dylan Mulvaney do these things. And I will stress this again. If someone is uh, trans, well, then I hope they can live their life happily and peacefully. And uh, I hope they find joy. I wish them nothing but safety and happiness. I think we have to be careful about kids. When they're, when they're bringing kids into this stuff, because many of the kids don't know. And now we have detransitioners, and that's a sad story. But Dylan Mulvaney, I will say it again, not trans. And I'll show you the receipts. 
If you go to the beginning of Dylan Mulvaney's TikTok, what do you see? Videos all hashtag gay and Dylan Mulvaney making content about animals. Okay. It says gays trying to enjoy nature like Dylan Mulvaney was trying to be famous. There's a I, I was like, sweetie, he's gay as Dylan Mulvaney hugs a koala. Dylan Mulvaney made a bunch of different kinds of video uh, videos, and many of them were about animals. The animal videos had some success. Here's one with 1.5 million views. Then you've got Broadway story trying to keep up more animals. But you'll notice the animal videos don't have that many views. Now, you can see here that Dylan Mulvaney's videos, this one's got 432,000 views, likely due to after becoming famous, people going back and watching old videos. But in all likelihood, these videos probably did not have very many views at all. Here's more animal content. Now it gets a little weird. Grand Canyon gay. Dylan Mulvaney was trying to use being gay as the subject of the content, but it wasn't really generating all of that much uh, traffic. You're back on gay farm, this one says. Once again, Dylan Mulvaney doing animal content. Here's more National Park, Animals, Zion, Forks, Washington. The nature stuff was not generating all that much traffic. But there was, you can see, the deviation in attempts to produce content resulting in, so, so for the longest time, Dylan Mulvaney is trying to be some kind of, I guess you'd call it a, a gay Steve Irwin. Oh no, it's a bison of some sort. Look at that video. But it wasn't really generating a whole lot of content. Lots of animals, lots of animals. Then around some time, Dylan Mulvaney tried doing, uh, responding to a mother. Thank you for making my night playing music. Gender reveal party. Interesting. Where all of a sudden, Dylan Mulvaney is talking about gender. You then see the gayest contestant ever on Dylan Mulvaney's account of being on The Price is Right which again just shows, in my opinion, the histrionic and narcissistic personality disorder of this individual who on The Price is Right does this weird dance and screams as loud as possible into the camera. It's weird. It's, it's freaky. It's desperate attempts at fame. Ostentatious behavior. Going further up, you can see Dylan Mulvaney says they're non-binary. They're they. And you can see still nothing. Same amount of views they were getting, Dylan was getting, on the animals. Here's more animal videos, but now wearing a dress. Still not a whole lot. Pigs and stuff and things like that and still animals trying to wear a dress. But all of a sudden, once you get to the point where Dylan Mulvaney comes out as trans, it's a they, official full coming out video, the views skyrocket. 5.2 million. Dylan Mulvaney was trying to figure out what was working to get views. This is normal. For most YouTubers, go find your biggest YouTuber who you tra- who follow, look at their, go to their videos, click oldest, go all the way back to their oldest video and you'll go, interesting. Now I can say this for me, all of my videos are like politics, talk and news, always have been. And the reason I transitioned from being on the ground to doing this, if you look at my earliest videos on my Timcast channel, it's me doing these like really cringe, terrible news reports where I'm like, hey, everybody, the news today, one of them got a, a half a million views or whatever. I did a follow up on it, didn't do as well. And uh, I've always done news. The reason why I switched from on the ground live streaming to this is because I became too well known and people started just following me around and is creepy. And so I'm like, OK, well, I can't do that. It's not effective. But I can still do live streams. I can still talk. So Timcast IRL is a live stream of me talking, which is literally what started me in this whole industry. 
There was no great shift. I just did what I liked doing. Granted, I have skate videos and I have music and stuff, and I still do all of those things. Dylan Mulvaney, like so many other creators, was trying to make content to be famous, to get attention, whether it's intentional or just a byproduct of them navigating the space. Like, I don't think Dylan Mulvaney ever sat down and said, what can I do to be famous? What happened is Dylan Mulvaney made content, didn't work, made content, didn't work, then said, I'll try this. Boom, it worked. I said, this is it. I got to do more of this. I think Mr. Beast is the example I use. He's making Minecraft videos. Then one day he's like, I got a bunch of money. I'll give it away. Got way more views and said, from now on, this is what Mr. Beast is. And this, my friends, is a remnant of what's called, this is, this is Elsagate. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Elsagate for those that don't know. And this is very important. And I'll say this is why the boycott is probably so desperately important. Elsagate was a major backlash a major controversy on YouTube where the algorithm was making, got people to start producing these insane videos where Elsa's getting her teeth pulled and being injected with blood. We also have pictures of people drinking and eating from toilets. And that's not the worst of it. Now, I don't want to show you a lot too much of this, but I want to explain what it is. They say Elsagate is a neologism referring to the controversy surrounding supposedly child-friendly videos on YouTube and the YouTube Kids app, which contain themes that are inappropriate for children, a form of clickbait. Most videos under the classification are notable for presenting content such as intense violence, sexual acts, fetishes, drugs, alcohol, toilet humor, and dangerous or upsetting situations. Here's what happened. Parents were putting tablets, iPads, in front of their babies and toddlers and pressing play on nursery rhyme songs and things of that nature. The babies could not change the channel, so the videos would autoplay. Many people who were exploiting the algorithm for views and money figured out that if they just maximize keywords and specific content, they would, more, they would be more likely to be shown to babies who can't change the video. So after a mom says, I'm going to play the song Frozen, you know, the song from Frozen, and uh, let it go and gives it to the baby, the next video that would play would be something about Elsa. The next video that would play would be something about Spider-Man or the Hulk or these cartoons. People started to use the keywords and the algorithms to auto-generate weird content using computers, upload them, and then it didn't matter what the video was. It would be Elsa getting an injection, being pregnant and eating from a toilet because the YouTube algorithm kept putting that in the in, in as the next up. So people made the content because it worked. Now, as sane, reasonable adults, we see this and we go, whoa, that is inappropriate for kids because we know we can see Elsa eating from a toilet and be like, don't show that to kids. But then something else happens under the exact same circumstances. People like Dylan Mulvaney also are getting recommended by these algorithms and doing things that are harmful to children or encouraging these things. But because adults don't quite understand this phenomena, they see Dylan Mulvaney and think, I, I don't know. Now, of course, Travis Tritt and many others are saying, yeah, clearly that's bad. It's harmful. But there are many people who don't see the same thing, because when you're an adult, you understand why Elsa eating from a toilet is a bad thing. But if it becomes hyper-partisan political, people will actively defend the video, i.e. Dylan Mulvaney. The subject matter may be slightly different, but it is the same thing, algorithmic degradation. And it is creating this feedback loop that is destructive to society. 
That's what the woke are. They are people who are not smart enough to discern the absurdities of the algorithmic content being fed into their brains. I will stress this again because I really, really want to make sure you understand this. When you look at leftist content on the internet, it is no different than Elsa eating feces from a toilet. The ideas don't make sense. You're like, what are they talking about? It's contradictory. Jen Geer comes out and says, we're for equality of opportunity after for the longest time being pro equity. They say nobody wants equity. There's no logic. It is simply algorithmic mishmash shoved into the minds of people who aren't smart enough to realize they are being manipulated. Now, of course, the same algorithms apply to me and to you and to any other YouTuber. That's why you have to be discerning and try and figure out what is algorithmic garbage and what isn't. Now, I'll tell you this. The only thing I can say for myself, YouTube suppresses content like mine. And if you look at my oldest videos, it follows a very, very similar track. There's very little sway. The only thing I can say is I went from being like, I'm never voting for Trump to in August being like, you know what? I'm voting for the guy. But that was after a long time. And that was right at the time Trump released his second term agenda. My opinions, of course, have slightly changed. And then after uh, 2020, I was like, eh, Trump's Trump's losing it. And I'm going to vote for DeSantis. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com that's just me. I'm not perfect. We are all subject to the influence and manipulation of social pressures around us. The question is, to what degree? For the time being, I think it very important that people do boycott these brands, because could you imagine if Budweiser started playing Elsa Gate videos on TV? You'd be like, this is insane. And the average person would understand why it was. But having Dylan Mulvaney, who is the living embodiment of what Elsa Gate is, represent their brand, shows the algorithmic decay and degradation that is plaguing the minds of American society. I got no issue with RuPaul's Drag Race. Never cared about the show. I don't like the overlap with the, with the kid drag stuff. They shouldn't do that. That's where they're crossing the line. But I don't care about drag. Drag's great. I will put on a drag show. I will literally pay drag performers and drag queens to do a drag show as long as it's only for adults. Have fun, man. We're libertarian over here. You can do your thing. Just keep the kids out of it. But this is something entirely different, totally different. The question is, will the boycott hold? It's now or never. This this is one of the simplest things you can do. You don't need to stand up and say, I am Spartacus. You don't need to quit your job. You don't need to complain to your boss. You need only not buy from Anheuser-Busch. And if everyone stops 
we win. We outright win. This is it. Listen, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not so confident that it will happen, but it's not a hard thing to do. I want you just to imagine this. In two months, the quarter is wrapping up and Anheuser-Busch announces a 3% drop in overall sales, primarily because of Bud Light. And they have to issue a statement to their shareholders saying, we screwed up. It's not even just about Dylan Mulvaney. It's about the fact that they should know Dylan Mulvaney is a deeply divisive individual that people do not like. Hyper polarizing individual. There are a lot of people you could choose to sponsor your brand who no one really cares about other than they're famous and it would work. But choosing Dylan Mulvaney would be like choosing Alex Jones. Now, I get it. We like Alex, but we understand he's a polarizing figure. Why do it? So let's make that statement. It's not about them sponsoring Alex Jones. It's about them outright just staying out of it. Just be beer. Well, I'll leave it there. I hope this was uh, informative enough. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. And now we're getting some action. From the New York Post, at least two Republican district attorneys want to prosecute the Bidens, says Rep. James Comer. This is what I'm talking about. If you're a conservative DA, if you're a DA, it's time to start filing these indictments. They took a swing at Donald Trump on some BS charges. They know the charges are BS. The media knows the charges are BS. And now the backfire begins. Oh, this is fascinating. They're losing it completely. Not only now have they started a game that they really don't want to be involved in. I love this one. They're like, should Donald Trump be charged with war crimes? We had Dave Smith talking about this. And he says, yes, because all presidents engage in, in war crimes, but they're not going to go after Trump on those charges because then Obama, then Bush, then Clinton, then Bush. You get the point. All of them will be subject to the same criminal charges and Obama worse than most. Don't get me wrong. George W. Bush is there, too. <laughs> yeah, but Obama will be getting locked up. And this is them knocking over the dominoes and setting us on a course for disaster. They went after Donald Trump on fake charges. And we know they're fake because outside of this story, we have another one that makes me just laugh. Oh, so much. John Stewart rips into CNN and MSNBC for hyping Trump indictment. Epic media fail. Well, he said a bit more curse words in his takedown of this. But let me just stress John Stewart's this profanity laden panic over the failure here is palpable. John Stewart's truly lost his mind, in my opinion, because he's desperately trying to cover up for Democrats who have utterly failed. In this bit, he's like, you're, you're the only reason you think this case is underwhelming is because, you know, you hyped it up. The panic, the sheer panic in John Stewart's face. I love it. Ah, uh, you know, he used to be one of the best. He'd make fun of everybody. He actually praised James O'Keefe before, but the dude has clearly lost it in his old age. You see, the issue with the Donald Trump indictment is that not only has it opened the door for Democrats to now be indicted as well, here starts the game. But in order for the charges against Trump to actually become felonies, there needed to be something there. We had Destiny, the omni liberal, on the show. 
just this past week. And he said, I'm sure there will be something more in this indictment because there has to be. Well, Destiny, you were right. There has to be something more in this indictment. But surprise to all of us, taint nothing in there. So what do we get? All of these media outlets are basically saying, I'm underwhelmed. There's nothing here. So Jon Stewart loses it. And he's like, no, no, this is Trump trying to cover up, pay a porn star so that he could benefit his campaign. But, uh, yo, the statute of limitations was two years on this. There's no crime. They don't have anything. All Alvin Bragg did was declare war before being ready to fight it. And I hope the Democrats realize where this goes. We'll see if they actually prosecute the Bidens. I want to see it. They should. I think they should go after Barack Obama. You know, this is the weirdest thing to me. Honestly, how many of you, if you were prosecutors, would immediately file criminal charges against Obama for killing Abdurrahman al-Laki? I'm willing to bet around 95% of the people who are listening to this segment would do it in a heartbeat. So why aren't we getting these prosecutors in these jurisdictions to just do it? I don't get it. What is the difference between me, you and them? Why is it that all of us, and not to mention all of the real diehard Trump supporters, are begging for an indictment on anything and it doesn't come? Is it because they're cowards? Well, maybe these guys aren't cowards. Let's start here. And then I'll show you what uh, Jon Stewart had to say. But before we get started, my friends, today's episode is brought to you by Cast Brew Coffee. That's right. Go to castbrew.com and pre-order your Cast Brew Coffee today. This is our coffee brand. You can get your Rise with Roberto Jr. or Appalachian Nights pre-order. Plus, we do have Colombian and French roast available and more signature blends are coming soon. But uh, we decided to sponsor ourselves so that, uh, you know, they're not going to uh, we can't cancel ourselves. We're not going to. So Casper.com, basically, we're just starting to sell our own products so that we can not have to worry about ads uh, getting pulled or anything like that. Let's read the news. At least two local GOP prosecutors are looking at ways to charge President Biden and his family amid Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's prosecution of Trump. Quote, I had two calls yesterday, one from a county attorney in Kentucky and one from a county attorney in Tennessee. They were Republican, obviously. Both states are heavily Republican. They want to know if there are ways they can go after the Bidens now. You don't need to call a rep to ask that question. Just do your job. Alvin Bragg has nothing. There's nothing to go after Trump with. Statute of limitations are gone. No underlying crime. Bye bye. He did it anyway. If that's the game they want to play, play the game. Just guys, please indict Obama. Just Obama, please, for the love of all that is holy, indict Obama. The facts of the case in the murder of Abdul Rahman Alalaki are known. Hey, you want to play another game? He killed Anwar Alalaki, an American citizen, on purpose, without charge or trial. Indict him for that. And if you want to argue the president has profound deference when it comes to military actions, challenge him. Stop being cowardly. Do I have to like go to law school, get a law degree and then run for DA or something so that I can be the one to do this? I'm just so pissed off. I am so absolutely tired of these people doing nothing while they sit here, lie, cheat and steal endlessly. They want to file dubious charges against Trump. The least you can do is be like Obama literally killed American citizens. 
Now, if you got anything to go off, it's that. They are felonies. There is no statute of limitations. So please. Comer is leading a a House Republican investigation into Joe Biden's role. Now, we do have news. I think I I have the, the tweet pulled up here. Jim Jordan subpoenas Mark Pomerantz to appear before deposition. Pomerantz uh, led the investigation into Trump's finances before resigning in protest after D.A. Alvin Bragg initial uh, his initial reluctance to move forward. So we may actually get something here. I hope so. There are a number of possible legal theories under which President Biden and his relatives could face non-federal criminal charges after Bragg, a Democrat, blah, blah, blah. We get it. Went after Trump. President Biden is already under federal investigation by special counsel Robert Hur for his alleged mishandling of classified documents. Hunter Biden, blah, blah. We get it. Republican legal activists last week told The Post they expect Republican prosecutors to target the Bidens after Bragg. Yeah, OK, we get it. Under what's their argument? You can be sure there are prosecutors across Florida and Texas right now who are looking for a state law hook into the Biden family, said Tom Fitton. And if they're not, they're not doing their jobs. Mike Davis, a former chief counsel for nominations on the Senate Judiciary Committee and president of the Article 3 project, floated legal theories for possible prosecutions. I think our Republican AGs and DAs should get creative. You just need probable cause. The grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. We just saw that in New York. And the Bidens actually committed real crimes. These are real crimes the Bidens committed. There is a smoking gun evidence the Bidens were corruptly and illegally on the Chinese and Ukrainian oligarchs payrolls. So go for it. Well, I got my fingers crossed. In the meantime, I saw this story from the Daily Beast. And at first, I'm trying to understand, right? John Stewart rips into CNN and MSNBC for hyping Trump indictment. At first, I'm like, you go, John Stewart. This is what I'm talking about. Some sane liberals who are saying, you guys are nuts. There's no crime here. What? Oh, I'm sorry. John Stewart went the complete other direction. John Stewart's argument is you should be excited. You should be hyping this up more because Trump's crooked. Oh, boy. John Stewart, what a pathetic, spineless failure. Here we go. When John Stewart surprised the Daily Show fans by popping by Tuesday night after the Trump indictment, he was mostly there to do a silly bit with guest host Roy Wood Jr. that subverted the expectations for him to have an impassioned take on the proceedings. Turns out he was saving it for his own show. On Friday's episode of The Problem with Jon Stewart on Apple TV, the comedian leaned into his strengths and went after the 24-hour cable news networks for its jaded coverage that both hyped up Trump's arraignment and declared the underlying indictment a disappointment. And he wasn't talking about Fox News. Oh, you were disappointed? You were depressed? Here's why. Because you treated this like the final confrontation with Thanos, and then it actually just played out like it was a boring as-ish legal procedure at the very beginning of what will be a long, drawn out, laborious legal process. No, John Stewart, you lying a-hole. You want, I'm not even going to swear. They were saying it was underwhelming because Bragg did not present an underlying crime and the information presented lacks merit. You see, when we had Destiny on the show, he said, I bet there's something else in here. There has to be. There has to be. And there isn't. There's nothing here. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. 
Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So sure, you want to say that they were overhyping it? Fine. But the expectation was that if Bragg was making this move, he would at least have some modicum of a legal theory as to how a misdemeanor beyond its statute of limitations could be extended into 34 felonies. He did not. That's why MSNBC, CNN, and many other liberal commentators were outright like, there's nothing here. So, John, considering you've lost the ability somehow to Google search these things or considering that you're actually referencing these segments, I know you know what they're really talking about, which says to me the only conclusion is you are a despicable liar. Not surprised. Not surprised. He continued to go after the networks for being let down by the expectations you MFers created playing clips of commentators like MSNBC's Chris Hayes and CNN contributor Andrew McCabe, warning that the case is unimpressive and not a slam dunk. Quote, only our media, those cloistered short, short attention span, own a spelunking, Stewart said before stopping himself. Defenders of democracy find a president paying hush money to a Playboy model and an adult film star and then cooking the books to help himself win an election underwhelming and boring, except that is an extreme extreme depiction of what really happened. I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you the facts as we know them. Let's play the game. John Stewart's not here to tell you the truth, so I'll do my best. Michael Cohen paid Stormy Daniels, I believe the number was $130,000, to stop her from releasing information on an affair she had with Donald Trump. Now, at the time, Michael Cohen eventually did get in trouble for effectively this, and his lawyers released a letter saying that Donald Trump did not pay him for this, Donald Trump did not instruct him to do this. Michael Cohen did this of his own volition and was not reimbursed for it. However, after they went after Michael Cohen, he later flips and says, actually, Trump did tell me to do it and did reimburse me in installments through legal fees. The only problem there is the only evidence we have is that Michael Cohen claimed it was true. The documents showing that Donald Trump was paying him are actually just legal bills classified as legal fees. So is it possible that privately, Donald Trump said, I want you to pay her off, but you didn't get it from me. Yes. Is it possible that Trump said, I will funnel the money back to you. We'll call it legal bills. Yes, absolutely. They don't have proof of that. It's all speculation. More importantly, whether or not Trump actually did this, the statute of limitations, which dictates how much time you have before you can bring a criminal prosecution has expired. It was two years. It's done. The only way to extend it is if there was an underlying crime Trump was covering up. There is not. Bragg has not introduced any evidence of any other crimes. There's nothing here. I'll tell you what I think happened. I believe 
that if I was going to make the simplest of explanations based on the facts as we have, I will not speculate as to Donald Trump actually doing anything illegal because there's no evidence of it, in which case it looks like this. Stormy Daniels begins creating legal problems for Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a lawyer. Trump says, I can't deal with this. Take care of it. A generic statement. Michael Cohen thinks to himself, it's going to be a lot of very annoying work dealing with Stormy Daniels. I know I'll just pay her off and then I will bill Donald Trump and he won't. He'll just pay me. I believe the most likely scenario, considering his lawyer stated this in a letter, is that Michael Cohen pays off Stormy Daniels to make his job easier. I won't have to think about her. I won't have to file invoices. This all goes away. Trump is satisfied. I'm happy. Easy peasy. Done. That's it. Then in order to get that money back, he just bills Donald Trump and says, here's some billable hours and legal fees. Trump, being a multi-billionaire, probably with several lawyers, does not look at these invoices. And he probably just went, I just paid the guy. I mentioned this before. I have lawyers. I say, hey, this is what's happening. Can you help? Sometimes it's very simple. All right, we're forming new businesses. We need a new LLC because we have a new business here. Take care of it for me, please. They send me an invoice with a final billable amount. I don't even take care of payment. I'm just the CEO. We got other, I got employees here who take care of that stuff. You really think Donald Trump is going over the itemized list of what? It's insane. John Stewart is lying to you because they're panicked and they're desperate and they're evil. Finally, after briefly castigating Trump for underpaying Stormy Daniels, Stewart shared one more clip of MSNBC anchors discussing why the silence of Mitch McConnell fall or no fall speaks volumes. Stewart ended a segment by declaring ep- epic effing media fail. Now, to be fair, that was really funny because there's this ridiculous MSNBC clip where they're like, now I know that Mitch McConnell had a nasty fall and it may be why he's not addressed this, but fall or no fall, why is his silence important? And John Stewart's like, what? The dude fell and he's like, coma or no coma. Why isn't he speaking or at least dilating his pupils? That actually a good bit. But the rest of it, John Stewart, I thought he was going to come out and say it's underwhelming because there's nothing here. We've known about this for six years. Going back to 2017, we've known about this. It was resolved. Federal government and, and local prosecutors said we can't do anything with this. And Bragg being a desperate psychopath, said, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, good luck, I guess. Now, look, I've mentioned this last night. In my view, Donald Trump should have called their bluff. Okay, Bragg, this this is what happens, okay? Bragg's got these, these documents, this indictment. Destiny is sitting here and he says there must be something big in them. But we couldn't see what it was. So Bragg slaps on the table and says, 34 felonies. Your move. Donald Trump sits there. He thinks for a minute. And then he says, I fold. Gets on a plane, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to fly to New York to face down what ultimately turned out to be nothing. Nothing. Now, I suppose the argument for many people is, but they wanted Trump to resist. Donald Trump flies to New York he wastes his time. That's what they wanted. They know there's no case here. But guess what? Donald Trump's next hearing takes place right before the primaries. It's a game they are playing. 
Donald Trump could have called their bluff and raised and said, you want me to fly to New York and spend all this money? Okay, let's see how strong your charging documents are. Extradite me. Come to Florida and you pick me up. I'm calling your bluff. And do you know what would have happened? I firmly believe if Donald Trump came out and gave a press conference and said, we've all heard about the indictment from Bragg. It is my understanding that this is these are false charges. It is malicious prosecution. There is no underlying crime. And on the question of the payment itself, the statute of limitations has long since expired. If they really think they have this, they are going to have to extradite me from Florida. Your move, Bragg. I'll be sitting here waiting for you to get a warrant and come and pick me up because I don't believe you actually have real charges. And then Bragg would have shrugged. The media would have said there's literally nothing here, as they are saying right now. And it would be very difficult for anyone to justify an extradition of Donald Trump from Florida. They'd be helpless. There'd be nothing they could do. Bragg would probably then just have to dismiss the charges and say, "Okay, For what? Trump wouldn't go there. Trump's not going to entertain your hearings. Instead, Trump went right there and said, tell me what to do. That to me is absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Donald Trump could have just stood up and said, make my day. Ron DeSantis had already said he's not going to get involved in any extraditions. And this also serves another purpose. Donald Trump would put Ron DeSantis in a very, very difficult position. Clearly, DeSantis wants to run. And I think he's great. There's a lot of good things. So we'll see how this plays out. But imagine what would happen if an extradition warrant was served. And Trump, Trump could come out and say, listen, I will answer to these charges if they come and extradite me. That's it. If they really do have these charges, then, well, I'll answer for them. They need to come, provide transport, negotiate with Secret Service, and bring me back to New York. I will then go to a hearing and we'll discuss it. Ron DeSantis would then be in a very difficult position when New York says, if they did, I doubt they would, but let's say they do. They go to DeSantis and they say, we want an extradition of Trump. Whoa. If Ron DeSantis wants to be president and he allows the extradition of Donald Trump, he loses instantly. It's over. Trump becomes martyred. Trump blames DeSantis and says, you did this. And then if DeSantis doesn't do it, Trump wins. It was the perfect play. Trump, if, if they tried to extradite and DeSantis said no, Trump wins in every respect. The DA in New York looks weak. The charges are bunk. DeSantis fails. It's, it splits him from everybody else. There was no winning move for Ron DeSantis there. There was one. If DeSantis stood up and said, mark my words, you will not indict Trump. If he got in front, took the strong stance, then when Trump submitted, submitted himself to this bunk charge, to these bunk charges, DeSantis could have come out and said, listen, I outright said it would not happen. But if Trump chooses to make it happen, there's nothing I can do about that. There is a game being played. We'll see what happens to the Bidens. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Republicans in Tennessee are moving to expel three Democrats who joined gun reform protests. But 
It doesn't feel right to say that. It feels like the language is off. So let me try again. Mm. Let's muster up some good journalistic energy. You know, many of you know, I used to work for the for the corporate press. I worked for Vice. I worked for an ABC News Univision joint venture. And I learned from the best of the best. So I got to figure out how to title this one. I got it. Tennessee House to vote on expelling three insurrectionists who staged and waged violent insurrection on this state's capital. How was that? Was that good? Could I do better? Uh, Tennessee House votes on expelling three Democrats who waged insurrection against the state capitol. You know, I I lightened it back a little bit because saying insurrection twice is a little bit bit redundant. But um, here's the real story. These Democrats joined protesters who stormed the capitol. And I'm not exaggerating. You can call it an insurrection, call it whatever you want. Here's video of what happened. These videos are actually really crazy because there's another video. Let me show you. I think I have a, a, another video here. Oh, no, actually, I think it's just uh, it's, it's right here. Take a look at this. You've actually got. Let me play this video for you. These, these, these insurrectionists blocked a bathroom where a legislator was doing their business. And then they tried to stop the cops from getting the legislator back into the chambers. Look at this. You've got this member of, of you've got this uh, Tennessee legislator. Surrounded by cops as people are screaming. Look at this. Amazing. Amazing. Tell me again why everybody seems to think that me saying civil war is absurd. You know, because every step of the way, this has escalated. It started with street violence. Everyone said to me, it's never going to happen. Proud Boys finding Antifa. That's so esoteric. Nobody cares. The government is not going to collapse because of these people in the street. Then it gets crazier. Then you get the Summer of Love riots, the firebombing of St. John's Church and the guard uh, and the guard post at the White House, the tearing of tearing down of the barricades, escalating to an attack in D.C. Then, of course, you also have following the Summer of Love riots. We also have something like January 6th. You have autonomous zones. You have the firebombing of federal facilities, a dramatic escalation from just Antifa fighting Proud Boys. Then it goes into government. Then it's deep state agencies, which, of course, were going after Trump the whole time. Now we literally have Democrats joining violent unrest in the Capitol. Okay, so tell me how all of this escalation stops here, turns around and these protesters hug Republicans. Okay, maybe you don't have to. You know, I'm I'm saying this. If I was going to give you two and uh, two end points with everything going on. One is people are beating each other in the streets. The other is people are hugging and holding hands in the streets. Which one would you think is more likely? I think the answer is duh. What would have to be done? Now, a lot of people might be saying, oh, yeah, but to avoid civil war, you don't need to be hugging. No, 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 I'm talking about the end point. I'm not saying it happens right now. I'm saying witnessing stories like this. Tomorrow, The story may be Democrats are expelled. A week later, the story may be major protests erupt. A year from now, it may be three dead in clashes as escalation continues. By 2024, the end of 2024 with the election, it may be another 30 dead as violent riots sweep the nation. 30 plus people died in the summer of love riots. 19 plus directly, at least 19 were directly the result of the rioters actions. 
directly. I guess the others were like peripheral things, people getting caught in fires or something like that. And then there are people who are actually killed by rioters. So that could be in a few years. Do you think there is a possibility that in a few years there is the other extreme end? Because let's be real. Physical violence, conflict, hot civil war in the streets is the extreme end point. The other extreme end point is Democrats and conservatives smiling and hugging and being like, we love these people. That's extreme. And no one believes it could happen. I think this point, I think this makes my point. I think that most of you watching deep down in your heart of hearts know the idea that a Democrat and Republican in these protests and things like this, the, the idea that a Democrat and Republican are going to meet in the chamber, smile, hug, shake hands and say, we are unified is extremely unlikely. And the idea that these Democrats swing a fist at a Republican is extremely more likely. That's it. That's all you got. That's all you got to understand from that perspective. Tell me why you think things will start going the other direction. And I am open to hear it. Democrats joined the protests with all of the violence and protests are currently underway right now. Again, more protests. Look at this. David Hogg. This is what democracy looks like. No, it doesn't. Democracy looks like a bunch of legislators meeting and having a conversation trying to determine what to do. Not a bunch of far left extremists storming at the Capitol and attacking people. What happened on January 6th wasn't democracy. And what happened here in Tennessee and Kentucky wasn't democracy either. Let's see how the Washington Post frames it. The Tennessee House is voting Thursday on whether to expel three Democrats from the legislature after they halted proceedings last week to join protesters demanding gun control. Yeah, that's called insurrection by your own standard. The House's session has 29 items on its agenda, and the expulsion vote is expected to come near the end of the session. Quote, thank you for getting on the bus at 3 a.m., or 2.30 in this morning, to be a part of this process, Pearson said, and to make sure your voices are heard and your presence is power so that we can continue to elevate the issues in our community and those we continue to lose. Here is, uh, what is this? Tennessee State Representatives Gloria Johnson and Justin Pearson greeted supporters from their districts before a vote to expel them on April 6th. Is this the guy giving the red salute? You see how he has his hand, his, his fist raised? But notice how his fingers are facing forward. This is called a red salute. There's also the Roman salute. The Roman salute, mostly known by people as the Nazi salute. The red salute was the communists. The reason why they raise the fist and point their fingers toward you. The idea being that a finger as an individually is weak, but the fingers all together making a fist are strong. That's why they show the fingers when they do it to show that all the fingers together have made the fist. That's the idea behind the red salute. This is what this guy is doing. So you have, whether intentionally or knowingly or not, these people have adopted the symbolism of communism and are displaying it in the open. And you're going to tell me you think this won't lead to violence? Call it whatever you want. It's been going on for some time. I've even seen the um, extended family members of mine performing the red salute. And I'm like, that's so crazy. It's just so crazy. Never in my life would I have thought that anyone in my family would do a Roman or red salute. I guess I'm not as surprised to see that there are people doing, uh, doing red salutes 
because this is popular mainstream far left psychopathy. So I've got extended family members who are totally in with the far left communist psychopaths. It's a zombie cult. They don't actually know what they're protesting for. It's just a horde of mindless zombies. And the system will decay and fall down if this continues. So I'll tell you this. I don't know exactly what will happen. Maybe they don't even expel the Democrats. They should, by the way. But many of you may be asking, what can you do? Have a bunch of kids. That's it. Have 10 kids. You think I'm kidding. And it's funny because people are like, that's really hard work. What's harder? Exposing yourself and your family to violence from the far left extremists or having a bunch of kids. With kids, you know, you get fulfillment, you have a family. And then maybe one of those kids becomes famous and then takes care of you and then they're rich. You see, there you go. Have you thought about that? Mm. The more kids you have, the more likely one of them becomes famous. And then easy street. I'm kidding, by the way. But having kids guarantees in 20 years, there's no fight. There's no conflict. You win. Right now, we are seeing these young people. They are starting to vote and they tend to vote left. You need to get your kids out of schools, homeschool them, get them away from cities, become self-sufficient, and then have many, many children. That's really all it, all it is. All it is and all it takes. And having kids, I know it's hard. I don't have any kids. People ask me about it. It's personal and private. Stay tuned. But my point is just this. 20 years from now, 10 years from now, all of these kids that are being exposed to this will be voting and they'll vote further left. But the left is also sterilizing their children and aborting their children. As long as you have more than two kids, have three or four at least, in 20 years, you will have twice as many new voters as the left has. That's it. And it looks like this. Here's the voting block. Let's say it's 50-50, Republicans here, Democrats here. It will slowly be squeezed out and the amount of people voting Democrat will become zero because they don't have kids. In the meantime, you can expel them from, from uh, office or, you know, that seems to work. We'll see how this one plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The backlash against Anheuser-Busch is actually escalating. And the first thing I'm going to say is I'm actually really surprised at how serious people are taking all of this. I mean, I think it's an interesting story. I think it's kind of weird that Anheuser-Busch decided Dylan Mulvaney would be the brand ambassador during March Madness. In this promo that Dylan Mulvaney did, Dylan actually kind of insults March Madness fans by saying, like, I thought it was just a hectic month, but ooh, here we go. Well, people are really pissed, really pissed. Kid Rock fires a rifle at a bunch of Bud Light, blows it up. Travis Titt says all Anheuser-Busch is done. We are hearing more of this, and now we have huge news. Clydesdale's canceled. Local Budweiser distributor cancels upcoming showings. This is from OzarksFirst.com. Springfield, Missouri. This week's scheduled Budweiser Clydesdale appearances have been canceled, according to a statement from Anheuser-Busch. Local Budweiser distributor Will Fisher Distributing decided to cancel all of the Springfield Clydesdale showings, citing safety concerns for their employees. Anheuser-Busch has recently come under some scrutiny for its partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. A popular example is Kid Rock, etc., etc. We know about this. And then we have this tweet from DC Drano with some rumors circulating as to what is currently going on, tweeting, Scoop, Anheuser-Busch insider tells me execs are angry 
at release of Dylan Mulvaney can. It wasn't posted on any AB slash BL social medias, Anheuser-Busch Bud, uh, Bud Light social medias. And the leading theory is that a leftist manager secretly did it on their own to push trans agenda. New PR statement expected and possible lawsuit. It's getting pretty crazy. So I'll be completely honest. I did a brief segment yesterday being like, okay, well, here we go. I didn't really think too much about it. And the video has skyrocketed. It's like half a million plus views. I did an update this morning when Travis Tritt announced that he was he was getting rid of all Anheuser-Busch products. And then I tweeted, if you want to ban them or boycott them, you got to boycott these thousands of retweets. I'm just I'm, what I'm expressing here is I am genuinely surprised at the motivation right now from people on the right to say no to this. And it is creating a firestorm among many people. Now, following this, we have a video circulating. Matt Walsh tweeted out of Jack Daniels doing a drag queen commercial. Now, of course, as I stated earlier, I don't care, right? There's a big difference in what I see as Dylan Mulvaney targeting children and being a product of algorithmic manipulation. And then Jack Daniels trying to sell booze to drag queens. I, re- I really don't care. Don't target kids with this stuff. But herein lies the weirdest thing. Do these liquor companies think this is their core audience? And do they not realize the hyperpolarization that is currently occurring? Now, I have this tweet from Matt Walsh in a response from Rams Paul. And I think this is really important to understand the context of what's happening right now and what may happen. First, in this tweet from Matt Walsh, he says, here we have Fox News once again respecting the, quote, preferred pronouns of a person they correctly identify as male. This is the most powerful conservative media outlet cooperating with and promoting radical far left gender ideology. They've been doing this for years, of course. We then have this screenshot that says trans woman and new Bud Light partner Dylan Mulvaney now paid by Nike to model sports bras. Mulvaney recently generated controversy after being made a Bud Light spokesperson, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can see in it less than a week after biological male and trans woman Dylan Mulvaney generated controversy. She now has a paid partnership with Nike that has her modeling its sports bras on social media. I don't care what Dylan Mulvaney does. I don't care about Dylan Mulvaney. And it's funny because they, they, the left tries to do this thing where they're like, you're just so obsessed with this person. Dude, I would love it if I never had to bring up this person again. However, Dylan Mulvaney has 11 million followers. It's like, come on. This is a person who is deeply influential. Then you get conservatives saying, stop talking about this person because all you're doing is making him more famous. And it's like, bro, I actually ignored the Bud Light story for like two days. And then because it was bubbling up to this degree, decided to address it. I think the issue is this. Corporations have decided this person is famous and should start promoting their brands. And it is because we did not speak up and call it out that so many brands signed on to sponsor a histrionic narcissistic sociopath like Dylan Mulvaney. I mean, I, I, look, of all the people that could get sponsorships, Ain't nobody betting an eye at RuPaul's Drag Race doing these Jack Daniels things until this. And this is the straw that broke the camel's back. People are saying, you know what? I'm done with this. Now you got Matt Walsh being like, why is Fox News using the preferred pronouns of this of this biological male? They're supposed to be conservative. Well, 
We have this from Rams Paul. Is it Ramsey Paul? He says, social justice warriors adopt an extreme position. Conservatives oppose it. SJWs adopt an even more extreme position. Conservatives embrace the original extreme position and now fight against the new position. This continues forever. Yeah, I'd say so. That seems to be what it is. That the right is, you know, Republicans are Democrats that drive the speed limit. Fox News doesn't want to deal with backlash. Fox News has run pro-transgender children segments on their network. Why do any of you watch it? That's the weirdest thing to me. Like, you can complain about me for being like a moderate centrist type or whatever. But I will come out and outright be like, children shouldn't get sex changes. Fox News actually ran a segment promoting child sex change operations. And y'all watch it. Whatever, dude. Tucker Carlson is great. I like Tucker. But he is on a network that is promoting all of this stuff. I don't understand why you guys are watching it. You don't got to watch me. Spread the word. Go watch Steven Crowder. Just do that. Crowder should be. Actually, I think Crowder does get more views than Tucker Carlson. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. Tucker is getting uh, views for uh, viewership over the age of 62. But Tucker Carlson's key demographic viewership is comparable to Tim Cast IRL. Steven Crowder, on the other hand, he's getting millions of views and it's mostly key demo and, and, and leaning a bit older. So spread the word. I'm going to say it again because I said it this morning and I think it bears repeating in this context. What we're seeing now is Anheuser-Busch actually being forced to take actions, canceling an event because people have said, enough. Now they play this game where they're like citing safety concerns for our employees. No, it's because everyone is mad at you and you are trying to twist this one. This is why I'm saying y'all need to double, triple, quadruple down, boycott anything associated with Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch or anything they sponsor. Let's make it tenfold more powerful. How about instead of just boycotting Anheuser-Busch products, Anyone who is sponsored by them, you also call and complain. So here's what happens. You can contact this event or whatever. I'm saying hypothetically, people are contacting this event saying, I do not appreciate what you are doing, Budweiser. And so they say, "Okay, we got to cancel this event. But let's say there's like a bowling match or a baseball game or, uh, you know, whatever. Sponsored by Budweiser. You call up the company putting it on and say, because of the sponsorship you've received, we will not attend. Let's say there's a show. I'll put it this way. If I was putting on an event and we had a sponsor that was like, you know, chicken brand uh, chicken eggs and the company did something egregious and then people contacted me and said, we will not come to your event unless you remove that sponsor. First, on principle, I'd probably remove the sponsor anyway. But as a business, the decision that has to be made is this. The sponsor is providing me with 2% of the overall revenue. The viewer who attends and pays a ticket price is 80%. Who do you favor as a business? Now, I'll be honest. If it were me and I had a sponsor that was like some company I believed in and liked, and then someone came and said, I'm going to cancel because you have this company, I'd say, bye-bye. You're not, you're not going to, I'm not playing that game. I don't do that. To be fair, though, if the company did some weird woke garbage, I'd be the first one. I'd be like, we have cut them from the programming. But convictions and principles don't apply for the most part to the average corporation that doesn't know any of this stuff and doesn't care. Which means if there is a rock performance by a band 
And they start getting inundated with cancellations because they got a big Budweiser banner or they're sponsored by the, it's the Budweiser tour. You know, they will come out in two seconds and be like, guys, dude, we are not on board with this. We are dropping Budweiser because most of these people have no principles and they will just say, where's the money coming from? If you start boycotting anything associated with Budweiser, anything they've sponsored, Budweiser will apologize. And if these rumors are true from DC Drano, they are nearing the point where they may do it. For the time being, it seems privately they may be saying, um, we didn't, you know, we didn't know about this. DC Drano is saying new PR statement is expected. This means they may come out and say, we are sorry about this. We didn't realize and we don't won't do it again. But you've got to crank it up a notch. I personally will not be satisfied unless Anheuser-Busch issues a statement saying we denounce what Dylan Mulvaney represents, the targeting of children. It is not what we are on board with. Beer should not be marketed to young people by by this person. And we apologize for that. They can crank it up a notch even further and say the ideology that has driven Dylan Mulvaney to, to, to do these things, the algorithmic manipulation we hereby reject and we apologize. Depends on the degree to which they are feeling the burn. Based on the viewership I'm seeing, I'm scared. I'm like, dude, whoa. Yo, in 12 hours, I got 600,000 views on one video being like, hey, look, it's Kid Rock. You know, he's shooting up a bunch of Bud Light and people were real, real pissed off at Bud Light. So if I'm seeing this, Bud Light must be reeling from it. Good job. Boycott all of it. I'll tell you this. If Bud Light comes out and apologizes, the first thing I will do, if Anheuser-Busch comes out and apologizes and says, this was a mistake and we'll never do it again, the first thing I will do is I will go out and I will buy a whole bunch, a whole bunch of Anheuser-Busch products, and I will make a video with me and all my friends cheersing and saying, thank you. Anheuser-Busch. Because I believe you have to give positive reinforcement. If Anheuser-Busch knows that no matter what they do, you will never buy their product again, they'll say, all right, well, we made our bed. We're going to go lie in it. But if they know that if they apologize for this and fire Dylan Mulvaney and say never again, if they know that we will all go out and buy tenfold Anheuser-Busch products, they'll do it. And that's called a culture war victory. So, I eagerly await your apology, Budweiser, and the termination of your arrangement with Dylan Mulvaney. And if you do that, I am going to go right down to the liquor store and I'm going to buy as much of your product as possible because I want to make sure that my votes, my, my, my dollars are votes for things I agree with. And if Anheuser-Busch says, we're sorry, it'll never happen again. And we're firing Mulvaney, then they deserve to be rewarded for doing the right thing. We'll see. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. I'm not a big Mr. Beast fan. Uh, he's cool. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know a whole lot about him or his crew or anything like that. But I did see this story that uh, is, well, it's going pretty viral. An image was posted by a user on Twitter who took a screenshot of this individual, Chris Tyson. And in one image, you can see him uh, looking like this on the left. And the image on the right, you see that uh, he looks very different. This person said, bro, WTF happened. And Chris says, hormone replacement therapy, and it's only been two months. 
He uses an alt Twitter account to explain something about being gender nonconforming. And so this uh, this tweet has 24 million views. And I think it's obvious it's Mr. Beast. People associated with Mr. Beast, very, very famous. This guy, I guess, has like 2.7 million followers on Instagram. Wow. I don't even know who this guy is, but apparently young people do. Now, I'm not here to rag on him. I don't care. He's an adult. But I'll show you some of what other people are saying, and I'm going to save the nastier stuff. And we'll talk about Chris Tyson. And then I want to give you my thoughts as to why I really wanted to do a segment on this. Sports Kida says, who is Chris Tyson? They say, 26-year-old American content creator Chris Tyson recently found himself in the headlines after some revelatory details about his personal life. For those unfamiliar with Chris, he's most notable for being a recurring figure in Mr. Beast videos. Chris Tyson is one of Jimmy's earliest friends, and the duo created the Mr. Beast channel together in 2012, which now has over 140 million subscribers. Chris Tyson recently revealed that he has been undertaking hormone replacement therapy and even spoke out about the struggles of being a gender nonconforming individual. So this is what I wanted to get to. Now, first, there was one response. Uh, so we have this tweet from Drama Alert. Actually, I don't know if I can actually pull up the Drama Alert tweet. I don't know if I... Okay, I, I do have it right here. Drama Alert, which is... I think that's a, what Keemstar says, Chris from Mr. Beast's crew revealed that he's on HRT. This Twitter user, Life with Evan, said, there goes a father figure the kid won't ever be able to look up to. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Weak man times. In response, there was a, I don't actually know if I have the direct response. No, I don't. From uh, uh, Chris on uh, Chris Tyson himself. But this is generally a wide response that we're seeing to the latest video from Mr. Beast showing that the individual here, Chris Tyson, is undergoing hormone replacement therapy. I started thinking about this. I, I don't really care what an adult decides to do with their life and their body. It's meaningless to me. As long as they don't tell kids to do it and whatever. But there are people who get tattoos. There are people who get their, their tongue forked. There are people who do a whole lot of crazy things and get breast implants. And we're all basically like, so long as you're an adult, you can do whatever you want. I hope this Chris Tyson guy finds uh, happiness and respect and uh, lives a full and fulfilling life. My question here, I started to wonder is, why do it? I mean, that's that's the real question I have. Why? Why? Now, I can understand if someone is dysmorphic, but this one seems a bit different. Chris Tyson goes on to explain that he is bisexual. He explains that uh, he is gender nonconforming. And so in, in this image at the top here, we can see the long fingernails and uh, I guess the jewelry or whatever. I don't understand. No, I, I mean, I mean this genuinely and literally, I don't understand. There has never been a time in my life where I felt like I needed to dress like someone else to fit in. Never. There's never been a time in my life where I felt like I had to do a certain thing to feel a certain way. Like, I've always just kind of done whatever I felt like. I'd wear goofy clothes if I felt like wearing goofy clothes. I'd wear a t-shirt if I felt like wearing a t-shirt. What I don't understand with so much of this idea of gender nonconformity, if gender is a social construct, why does this individual feel the need to take a chemical hormone to change his physical body's appearance? For what is he trying to be? That's just me. I'm just saying I don't get it. No disrespect. By all means, y'all can fill me in. I'll explain to you my perspective. It's more in line with like what Matt Walsh talks about. 
Uh, and many of you may not like the guy, but his point was that he said, it never in my life have I never ever needed to be affirmed as a man. I just am. Yeah, me too. I've never needed to do anything. I mean, I got crooked teeth. I'm bald. Uh, I can't grow a beard. I don't know, whatever. I wonder what it is. When I was younger, uh, I'd get made fun of for a lot of things. There's nothing you can really do about it. What are you supposed to do? So I don't know. Kind of just like, oh, I guess. You know, it's the weirdest thing to me. It's like you're a kid and someone says you've got like a weird nose or you've got a weird face or you got a big, a big ass or you got a big head or something. And they say these things to you. And then I guess kids would get self-conscious by it. I never really, you know, my, my logic was always kind of like, I'd immediately just be like, well, okay, I guess. Am I supposed to be upset that I am a thing I can't change? I don't even know what that's supposed to mean to me. Someone comes to me and like, ha, ah, you look weird. I'll be like, oh, that sucks, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I've been genetically missing a tooth right here for my entire life. Just never came. And I've never thought about it because that's just what I am. And I've had people be like, why don't you get braces to fix your crooked teeth? I have people have commenting on YouTube being like, Tim, you need braces. Tim, you should get a hair transplant. The beanie's stupid. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. I don't get it. That's my question with all of this. Why? Would someone feel the need to take hormones that will alter your brain function, your biological functions? But, but I, th- I started thinking this. I'm not saying the dude shouldn't do it. Nothing like that. I'm, you, by all means, like Chris, you know, bro, do your thing. Like more, respect, live your life, be happy. I hope, I hope you're very happy. It's the nails. I saw the nails and I was like, my nails are all jagged right now. Like I clipped one nail and not the other. And like, I just don't understand. I am just what I am. And I'm totally fine with that. There are, I mean, sure, wouldn't it be great if I was, I'm like 5'10", 5'11"-ish. Sure, it'd be great if I was six foot three. Sure, it would be great if I had perfectly straight teeth and a chiseled jawline and big poofy hair. And I just was always kind of like, I don't know. Is that it really though? I wonder when I started seeing the fingernails thing, I'm like, this is the fingernails thing is a social construct that not even women do. Some women do, many women don't. Some women go and get their nails done. Many women don't. Some women wear sneakers. Some wear high heels. These are just social things that people choose to do sometimes for whatever reason. Some guys choose to wear Dago tees, and they choose to go and work out and build big, massive muscles. I don't really care. Some people choose to get braces. Some people choose to get plastic surgery. I just don't care. I think the real issue here is we are, we are experiencing in this country a lack of self-esteem among many individuals. And I think the reason people would do something like this is because they have no confidence in themselves. They don't like themselves. There's something about themselves they don't like. So here's, here's the assumption that I make. And I want to make sure I'm stressing this because I got, I got absolutely no issue with Chris Tyson or anything Chris Tyson wants to do. And I think Mr. Beast does, does great work. Not perfect. There are some, some criticisms I think everyone's worthy of. But I'm wondering if this is just, when I see this, this dude is trying to be something different because they don't have faith in themselves. I guess my view of it is just this. You know, let me put it this way. Let me, let me back up. I've often seen these weird videos. Like, remember when um, Madonna did that weird video with all the plastic surgery? I've seen this stuff since I was a kid. Weird plastic surgery that makes a person look goofy. And I've always thought to myself, like, why, why would they do this? Well, of course, because people say they don't want to be old. They want to be young. And I'm like, but you were young. You were young at one point. 
And now you're not. Now you're old. Everyone gets to be young and everyone gets to be old. I mean, unless, of course, you have an accident, you die. No, I get that. Kids die of like cancer and it's really tragic. I'm saying for those that are living normal lives, you will be a young person and then you will be an old person. In my life, I have been gauntly frail and thin from lack of eating and being poor and having a full head of hair to having no hair and then being fat. And it's just because of the way I lived my life. And I never really cared. Like a year and a half ago when I was overweight, I was like, I was about 200 pounds. And then I like, I don't know, I didn't care. And then one day I was just like, I'm going to stop eating this garbage sugar. You know what? I felt better. And I'm like, now I understand why I should have cared. It wasn't so much that I didn't care about my appearance. I should care more about my health. And so with cutting out the sugars and eating healthy, I lost a bunch of weight. And I am just what I am. Never cried about it. Never complained about it. I feel better now, but I never really cared about, am I the right thing to be for everyone else? You know what I mean? When it comes to how I live my life and how I do things, it's literally just I do what I feel like doing. And if I don't feel like doing it, I don't. And I feel like doing certain things. So not eating sugar, you know, I end up feeling more energized. And it's and it's so true. It's like every day I learn this lesson. We you know, I go out to eat and I'm like, eh, what's the big deal? They got this little dessert, a little apple pie. It's like very small. And with a scoop of ice cream and I'm like, I'll be fine if I have it the next day. I'm like, oh, it hurts. And so I'm like, okay, time to stop doing that stuff. Like, I get it. And so for the most part, I cut all that stuff out. But every time I'll be like, it's fine to have a dessert now and then. I totally regret it. it makes me feel miserable. I'm not doing these things because for anybody else. I'm doing it all because I feel like doing it. And so I guess I'll say that to someone like Chris Tyson. Him doing this, he's doing it for himself. Okay. Like, that's the thing you should be doing. My question is like, why do you feel the need to do it? You know what I mean? I don't have piercings. I don't have tattoos. I didn't get hair plugs. I didn't get braces. I'm not doing anything for other people to look at me. And that's what I see with Chris Tyson. He is undergoing these changes that impact how other people will perceive him. Having fake fingernails affects how other people perceive you. I don't care about my fingernails. I don't care about any of those externalities. So I guess the only thing I really say to this is, it's news that happened. People are talking about it. I think people need to chill out and stop being such dicks. Dude is an adult who can live his life however he wants. I understand why people disagree with it. For sure. Fine. Fair point. My thing is just like, I think we need to build a culture of self-esteem. I think we need to build, build a culture of telling people you are fine the way you are. You are a unique snowflake. As we zoom out from this earth and move further and further away, the horde of humans become a blob where you can't really tell the difference between each individual. But as you get closer and closer, you see the uniqueness of each person. And I think that's special. I think there's something special in growing old. I think there is something special in experiencing old age. It is the human experience that we all get to enjoy. That's why I've never been a big fan of this idea of like immortality. It's like, I don't know. Do you really want to live forever? I suppose we would if we could. Who would want to grow old? Everybody would want to be young forever and feel good all the time. But I kind of imagine at a certain point, you just be like, been there, done that. What's next? You know? So I think we, I think life is a gift. I think the experiences of being young and living your life and growing old are a part of the journey. And then we eventually pass on. I think there's something beautiful in that. And I think everybody, for all of their things they might be criticized for and all the things they might not have and the things they may have, these are part of the experience. You know, some people are born to third world countries and extreme poverty and suffering. And that sucks. But happiness is uh, humans are adaptive and their level of happiness adapts based on their circumstances. 
So I really just think that we need to teach people it's okay to be you. You don't need to take chemicals, hormones, get fake nails or or piercings or tattoos. And at the same time, I will stress, if that's what you want, then be you. Just keep it away from the kids, man. Let kids grow up and figure out who they are. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.